Hello, friends. It's just a couple of guys with your host, the beloved Pat Crimmins, <laughs> and yours truly, Ray Rogina. We're in studio today, and keeping with our slogan that we talk everything, we tackle the subject of retirement with Ted Buckley, a Fox Valley certified plan fiduciary advisor and author of the book, Retired. What do you do with the next 30 years? After a word from one of our fine sponsors, Pat and I will engage Ted in a variety of questions about his book and its topic, Retirement. Stay tuned. At McNally Heating and Cooling, we understand that customer satisfaction starts with arriving at your home on time. Your service technician will apply the same attention to detail and quality workmanship to every job, large or small. We offer upfront, honest pricing, and we'll make sure the job gets done right from start to finish. From furnace and air conditioning service, minor repairs, or total equipment replacement, we do it all. Give us a call or find us online and let the luck of the Irish work for you. We're back and very pleased to welcome our guest today, Ted Buckley. First of all, Ted, welcome and thanks for coming here today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And more importantly, probably, well, just as importantly, I should say, thank you for being one of our sponsors now. We're really proud to have you on as a uh, sponsor of our podcast. And uh, we'll we'll be talking about your uh, business operation here as we move along. I guess the starting point, though, would be to tell our audience a bit about yourself, uh, family, background. We went to college uh, and a little bit about a little bit about your practice as we get into the first questions. Oh, you bet. Well, um, that's a long question. I just want to let you it, know. Yes, I, it I, is. So you got a half hour. For I've been me accused of that. I've been accused bedroom? of that. <laughs> um, so I live in uh, the Northwest Burbs. I live in Sleepy Hollow. I've been married 35 years to my college sweetheart. I've got four, I'll say young adult kids are all in their 20s. They live in the area. And um, I love Chicago sports. As a matter of fact, if anyone has been to the studio here, you can appreciate the, uh, the sport gear down here every team every event in the history of sports is down here so as long impressive. as you brought up chicago sports are you a Sox fan gosh he's you're wearing a chicago white Sox. very intimidating yeah it's a little intimidating you're wearing the white Sox <laughs> thing my dad was i'll just say my dad was a huge white Sox fan okay well that's that, that that's, that's a start at least it's in the bloodline somewhere. right right somewhere maybe All i'll right. be converted later but um yeah so um but I'm very active in the community. I'm active in the uh, Knights of Columbus, the service club, and I love giving back to the community. I love being a part of it. Uh, in my time as mayor of the city of St. Charles, I got to know your village president, Stephon Pickett. Yes. And uh, uh, the question I have is, uh, have you gone to the Halloween event in Sleepy Hollow? I assume on numerous occasions where the headless horse. I've only horse- gone there, but I've hosted it as a member. You haven't played the headless horseman. I've never been the headless horseman, but I have been someone selling chili and beer during the event. So we, All uh, right. the service club is a big part Future of Future podcast. <laughs> live yeah we let's, can go let's, live let's talk now horseman. let's talk now about your book and uh, the book as i indicated in the opening of the show is retired what do you want to do with the next 30 years you were very clear at the beginning that the book is not about income distribution expense planning diversification tax planning trust and estates charity donations social security all the 
financial topics that a retiree seems to be tied into at one point or another. Uh, you talk about the mental side of retirement. So I guess the first question then is, what does it take to make one uh, create a happy retirement for himself or herself? And the partner, if, if, if that's the case. Well, it's a great question. It's something I run into from my clients all the time because on a day-to-day basis as a financial planner, I'm sitting across from a couple and we're going through their finances. We're going through their retirement plan. And then normally the husband or wife look at each other and say, yeah, so when do we want to pull the trigger? When do we want to retire? And for many people, it's one of those things of their they're not scared or maybe they are scared. Maybe that's the appropriate word. They're scared, uncertain and unclear on how those years are going to look because they've been scheduled. Everything's been scheduled since they've been in high school or college. So it's one of those things that, um, I had the question asked to me so often as an advisor that I said, I need to write a book to give to my clients and to others to say, this is a guideline to kind of get you started and put you in the right direction to enjoy your life. It's one thing to have the money. It's one thing to have a plan, but what are you going to do every day? You're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to look at each other, and one of you might be more active You might have the wife is involved with associations or groups or the husband might be active, but normally um, you're not used to spending time together. You're both working or one of you are working more than the other. And now in retirement, you're going to wake up next to each other, roll over and say, hey, honey, what are we doing today? And one's going to want to get out of the house and hide because the other one doesn't have anything to do. You know, as as a person who is not retired, He's written a book about retirement. Uh, it probably thinks about retirement now and then. As you constructed this book, how much of an advisor was your wife? Oh, she was awesome. She was fantastic <laughs> about it. We'd be in the car together. We, you know, there's a couple of anecdotes in the book about me driving in the car with her on the way to visit friends in Cleveland for four hours. And the book took me about a year to write. And she's like, oh my gosh, we're going to talk about the book for another four hours. Headed <laughs> 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 to Cleveland. Yeah. Yes. Go to Cleveland talking about retirement. She's like, you honey, have a Negative association with Cleveland now. Yeah, no, yeah, might, she might. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was fun. But, um, but she was great because, you know, we would talk about different things and she'd say, Ted, quit talking about what you like, which is golf. You know, there's other things in life. There's other hobbies, whether it's gardening or travel or events that you want to do. So it's one of those things that you want to, um, you know, get together. And actually there's a part of this book that we we can talk about a little bit later is the bucket list. Right. And, um, you know, kind of constructing the bucket list because there's a new way that I talk about it in the book, which is very different from what most people uh, do in that area. Pat, uh, you talk in the book about uh, the five stages really of retirement, Uh, honeymoon, settling in, you've got this slowing down health limitations. So if you could elaborate as to each of those uh, stages and and tell us a little bit more about that and how they relate to a a positive mental uh, retirement. Absolutely. So most people when they retire are looking at it thinking it may be like summer camp. You know, if you're healthy and you have a planned retirement, meaning you're going to, you plan on retiring at 65, you have everything together, then you retire when you want to. Typically, you think that you're going to be healthy and happy and together with your friend group forever. 
And we know that doesn't happen. We know there's bumps in the road. Someone gets sick. Somebody has um, something happen in their family where they move out of the area or a health limitation. If you, like for me, like to golf and all of a sudden you get a sore back, that that's a tough thing to do for that sport. So step one is the honeymoon. You think you're going to have it forever, but you don't. Um, and then typically you have, you know, I'm trying to think of the stages because what's interesting with it is you have... Um, they don't all go in order. You know, the settling in is you kind of get into a groove after being retired for a little bit and you think, oh, okay, I know when the discount movie theaters are. I know when I should, where I should get my gas because you're settling in to kind of having time to become a, what we call a professional retired person. Right. That's um, ever evolving, I might add, that last, that last set of comments. Right. You kind of get a little tricks to being retired <laughs> and, and how to make that work. And then you have um, uh, the idea of you've got this, which is kind of like you're getting comfortable with it. You've got your friend group of who maybe you're pickleballing with or who you're, <laughs> you're, you're having your breakfast or your lunch group or grabbing coffee. Don't, uh, don't forget uh, poker. Podcasting. Yeah, poker. And podcast. Podcasting sure. or new hobbies, new uh, challenges, which is fantastic that you guys jumped into this area. So, and then the other area is just kind of slowing down, you know, and that example might be if let's say you like to go biking and at the beginning when you're younger in your early retirement, you're going out for a 20 mile bike ride. Maybe when you're older, you're still biking, but you're doing a loop around the neighborhood. You know, you're kind of doing stuff, but you're slowing down. Um, and then the other area is just getting um, what inevitably inevitably happens, which is someone gets sick or um, the health thing happens. But the health thing doesn't these don't go in order. You know, you can retire and unfortunately have some problem where you get a lump somewhere, a bump somewhere. You go in, you were one checkup away from having a tragic um, right. office visit, but then you can have that fixed. You know, medicine is so fantastic now. You can, whether it's uh, cancer with chemo or whatever, and then all of a sudden, three years later, you're up and running and you're better than ever. So, and then you can get back into the other stages. So it's well, not inevitable. That seems to be the thing that uh, because medicine has come so far, retirement is more and more relevant than right. it used to be. Right. That's back why at, the 30 years is yeah, part of it. Back right? in the day, you you know, you, you quit your job and then you passed away the next day. Right. right. But obviously with medicine, we're, we're living a longer time. Now, my situation is obviously I'm not retired. Uh, I'm, I'm, I continue to work and, and uh, slave away. So uh, what about a guy like myself who is still uh, working? What should I be doing to prepare mentally or financially? or whatever the issue is for this great thing that's going to come someday, retirement. Right, right. Well, there's a book called Retired, <laughs> What You Want to Do for the Next 30 Years. <laughs> I but, see. But, but the key on it is to really connect with the people that you're going to be spending time with, one of those being your spouse, and getting together with them. If you're married, if you're not, then you kind of develop your own plan of attack with your friend group. Uh, because the big part about the book is that idea of nothing in retirement, just like in life, lasts forever. And so if you have a friend group or you have a spouse, she or he may not last or your best friend might move to Florida and all of a sudden you're going, oh, man, I'm bummed out. My best friend's not in the area anymore. And you say, well, 
you need to expand or you should right now, like you say, Pat, what could you do now to kind of plan for it? I would say reconnect with some friends, you know, social and friendship, family are the biggest parts of people being happy. Um, And secondly, the other part about being happy is having hope and having things to do. You know, we had a friend uh, pass away with COVID. Mm-hmm. And after that happened, I started getting back together with my college friends and, and the high school friends. So I'm kind of doing that as a natural consequence of the death of, of a friend. So I could see how that would help mentally because it is, you know, let's get together in two months. Let's do this. Let's do that. It does it does help a lot. But so, I would imagine, Ted, and you probably attest to this, and I think you probably even mentioned it in the book, that as you get into retirement and you have these lifelong friends, the, the, the warning, uh, I'm, I must admit, because I've experienced this now several times, is the fact that these friends, some of these friends, start to go downhill. In some cases, uh, they pass. And you deal with that much more frequently as the retirement rolls along. And so it's just a warning to everybody that your health is offset by the fact that as you stay healthy, you will watch uh, a number of friends uh, decline. That is sad. That is for sure true and sad. And um, and that's where, you know, I was talking to a client of mine, we were at a restaurant and he said, you know, what do you think I should, what do you think I should do? Um, you know, because I'm, I'm bored. And he's given the whole list of why he's bored, why he's bored, why he's bored. And I said, well, do you ever, you know, just Google and say charities in Elgin area. I said, whether it's the food pantry, whether it's the homeless, whether there's different things. And I said, all of these places need help. You don't need to be full-time 12 hours a day, but if you could go and be a driver at a, a food delivery place a couple days a week or whatever you're doing, and in those groups, you can develop friendships and camaraderie and do, do it in that way. Well, let's not forget that uh, people can listen to podcasts uh, such as ours uh, if they're uh, bored. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, at this point in time uh, and uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. Hello, friends. This is Ray Rogina. You face technology challenges every day that threaten to steal business, compromise data, and bring your business down. Without a good partner to help protect from phishing, ransomware, viruses, data breaches, employee turnover, and cybersecurity threats, your business is at risk of losing everything. TechWorks has been the trusted IT partner to Fox Valley businesses for over 20 years, keeping systems secure and providing extraordinary customer service, helping your business grow. Call TechWorks today at 630-482-2227 or visit www.techworks.com. That's TechWorks with a Q. TEQ works and see how TechWorks IT service can transform and secure your business. We're back with Ted Buckley and uh, you read, Ted, you referred to bucket list earlier in the conversation. And that was one of the questions that I've been formulating as I read your book. And of course, everybody has bucket list, but uh, and you believe in the in the importance of bucket lists, particularly in retirement, as people attempt to do some things they've never done before and they have the time to, to do such. Now, if you have a partner, though, a, a spouse uh, or whomever, 
uh, how do you coordinate the development of a mutual bucket list? Because the partner has interest, you have interest, and then hopefully there's a mutual interest, but uh, do, you, do you say to, to some people, hey, you do this thing on your own, uh, you do this thing on your own, and get together for a few things. How do you coordinate all that? That's kind of it. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it really is that... Uh Having that kind of a conversation, it's amazing. I do a lot of public seminars with the book, and we've got a work workbook along with it. You can download it, tedbuckley.com. There's a free workbook you can download. But when you download this section, normally if I ask people in the workshop, okay, write down your bucket list – each person writes down what's important to them. Right. You know, maybe the guys will write certain things and then the the, the women will write certain things. And there isn't a lot of crossover because these are dreams people have had forever. And then you say, okay, well, in the bucket list sheet I have, it's my lane, your lane, our lane. And that was my wife's idea as we drove to Cleveland. Nice. Telling this little story. I, she again, goes, Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. I, I think at the beginning of the book, he thanks Cleveland. Cle- for I, I should. I, I should because... <laughs> And my wife, Kelly. She I've enjoyed was, Cleveland. Several times I've been there. I, I drove that. through it once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now, isn't it true, Ted, that we encourage our spouse to engage in the dangerous uh, bucket list? Right. Like whitewater rafting, perhaps. <laughs> That's right. Or mountain climbing. Jumping from a building, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, honey, you go ahead. I'll, I'll watch from a distance. Right. Well, um, you know, one other point, though, about the bucket list is there's bucket lists that are things that you just sign up for and do. Like, hey, I want to, example, do whitewater rafting. But there's other things that are more of a learning process that aren't done just in a day. That might be, I've always wanted to really become an expert gardener. Sure. Well, you can take classes, study, really learn how to do it. That's not a one-day thing. Right. So that when you can get more of those kinds of adventures or programs in your bucket list, that's what makes your retirement really grab onto, right. learning a new skill, right. like podcasting. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw kudos to my wife, uh, one of my bucket list things has been, is going on. It started before retirement, but it's extended into retirement to make sure I got to every major league ballpark. Mm-hmm. Well, I have plus a number that don't exist any longer. And but I will, I will, yes, but I will tell you that she's been along for at least two thirds of them. Nice. And nice. Uh, I give her credit for you know. I mean, she's not a huge baseball fan like I am, but she she likes baseball, and and uh, she actually makes some critiques about the park. <laughs> Very, my, my, my favorite is the uh, Dodger Stadium, which, of course, gets kudos from everywhere. And she said, this place is a dump. <laughs> and, and I, it, it is a dump. And, and, you also need your spouse to uh, uh, sign up because there's some cost involved. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so right. uh, you can't be off spending money going to every ballpark while she's at home knitting. Right. True. Now, also on the bucket list thing, you do distinctly say that there's a contrast between goals and experiences. Correct. How about elaborating on that? Correct, correct. So that's what I was starting to do a little bit with the idea of doing a, um, the goal being the one shot where you sign up and want to do it. And maybe maybe it's, um, you know, wanting to go to the Final Four basketball game. Oh, I'm not a sports nut, am I? So, but that might be your goal. If you've always wanted to do some kind of event like that. The other one might be, you know what? We're going to go on vacation to France in two years. And before we go, I want to learn how to speak French. So right. you and your wife take French lessons. You kind of work around the house. Then all of a sudden, that's a goal. That's a nice three-year event instead of a one-week vacation. 
Uh, you talked a little bit about these uh, retirement relationships and how we establish those with uh, groups and hobbies and everything else. But I wanted to talk a little bit about um, uh, people who are afraid to retire. Uh, you've encountered those people or those people exist. Uh, how do they overcome that? Well, it's not easy. It's not easy. And one of the ways you can do it is a little bit at a time. You know, if you're fortunate fortunate enough to have that type of job where you can do it part-time and ease into it. That's one great way to do it. Um, but the other way sometimes is you really just need to prep for it like you like you are at Pat, where you've got a couple of years out and you say, I'm getting ready for it now. And it might take me a couple of years to get ready for it. And that's filling your calendar and days with those things that matter to you, which right. is building friendships, being part of associations or groups, and getting some hobbies and connections with your spouse. Now, obviously, things happen along the way, uh, the best laid plans. Uh, uh, we've got uh, divorce, death, disability. Uh, you have to become a caregiver, things like that. Uh, obviously, that affects the plan, right? Uh, what do we do about that? Absolutely. And and each one of those curveballs kind of th- are thrown at you, and you don't see all of them in life. You know, a lot of times when we talk about whether it's, you know, the ending stages of life, people feel like, oh, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to um, need long-term care and then I'm going to be in a facility. Well, you don't know. Maybe you're just going to die of a heart attack and that'll be that'll be it. Or maybe you're going to have skate through and not have any problems. We just don't know. So a big part of the book is really that idea, especially being a single person, you know, whether through divorce, widowed, or, um, you know, just, just being a single person and getting involved with, there's a lot of double dating. There's a lot of couples that go out and meet each other and grab something to eat. And then you might have a friend that's single. They don't have a spouse. And I was at the golf course once and we were going to go out for a group dinner afterwards. And one of the buddies I golf with, he says, well, you know, I was going to ask a friend of mine. He goes, oh, don't, you know, maybe don't ask him because he's, he's widowed. Yeah. You know, he'll feel funny going with the, the couples. And I, I thought, you know what? I'll ask him. That's the only way. And, and I asked him, he said, you know what, Ted, they, I'm going. I'll go with you guys. It'll be a right. lot of fun. I don't mind being the and one. Right. I don't mind being the odd man out. And so I think if you are single, widowed, divorced, and by yourself, let your buddies know. Let your friend group know that you want to be included. And if you are single, invite the couple to go out and do an event with you. Right. Um, and then you kind of are part of that mix. If you don't let people know, they can't predict it. Sure. Right. You know, I've reconnected with, uh, I'm retired, obviously, uh, so to speak. Uh, and I, I say I'm retired, but I've enjoyed a number of things while I've been retired. But uh, I've reconnected with uh, old friends and I've made a lot of new friends. Uh, you want retirement to be, as far as relationships with other people, you want it to be smooth, et cetera. What should, given your, you, you know what your personality is like, you know what your mindset is like, what should a retiree be looking for? They, they not so much reconnect, although that's certainly a possibility, but for, at least for new people that they're meeting, what should they be looking for in order to make maintain healthy relationships, as opposed to all of a sudden meeting some people and finding them to be a downer? 
Right. And, and there are some people like that for sure, you know, that just always are talking about the negative parts of the news, bringing you down. And you just think that's not who I want to hang out with. You just, it's a, it's like what we told our kids in high school. Don't hang out with the people that'll get you off track, you know, hang out with the people that'll kind of hopefully guide you in the way that you want to be um, looked at and how you want to look at the world. So um, same thing as being an adult. And same thing as going into retirement. You're going to make friends. You know, here's the examples. If let's say you wanted to join a group, um, whether that be a, a, a church group or something in town to give, you know, some community group and you go there and you say, um, or the gar- let's just say garden club, you join a garden club, you love it. You're there for five years. Then all of a sudden there's a new president. The new president of the garden club is just a jerk. Mm-hmm. They're over, they're overbearing. They're, they're like demanding on everyone. And you say, okay, does that mean you're going to stop gardening? Does that mean you're going to, you know, change that forever? No, you have some choices. One, you say, okay, that person's term is only a a year or I'm going to join a different garden club. Right. You know, so I think what works for people is you do need to use a strategy along the way and not just have one sport, one activity, one group that you're a part of, have a few of them. So if one ends up kind of being a dog that you say, Hey, I've got a couple other groups I really like this one. I'm not so fond of anymore. I'm going to be active in the other ones. I have to believe that you've had clients who probably engage you later in their retirement, whereby they are facing this dilemma. They love their house. They love all that's associated with their neighborhood, their house. That's getting too much for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about the fear? Talk a little bit about the fear of going to a retirement community. That is to say, even if it's independent, or assisted, or whatever it is, uh, the hesitancy and the dis- what's part of the decision making that makes that more a little bit more comfortable. Well, where we live is a huge conversation that I have with everyone from our young ages to uh, to next when- <laughs> You know, because it is one of those decisions. You know, it doesn't matter what state you live in. You know, you could say I want to move from Illinois down to Florida or Arizona, or I want to stay in Illinois or move up to Wisconsin. At, you know, you could do that in your 50s or when your kids are retired or you could live in a big house and want to move into a smaller house. So all those stages are the same conversations and getting older and you say, OK, I have a big house with a big yard. I got to cut the grass. And you say, I want to move into like a Dell Webb or I want to move right. into a uh, active community with other seniors. Um, there's pros and cons of that. And I think those are all I would say. Possible. Well, they all should be on the table for discussions and then maybe go visit them, see what they're like and say, yeah, that one is a little different than I thought it would be. Um, a lot of these facilities down in the southern parts of the U.S. will have the package where they'll say, come on down. If you fly down, we'll let you stay at our place for a weekend or something. So you can check out some of these places to move out of the area or you can just kind of visit them. But there's a lot of people that you know, will stay in the house that they bought when they were honeymooners and that's where they are uh, exited. I mean, I think my mom, my mom's 90 years old, lives in the same house. Yeah, God bless her. Knock on wood. She's doing great. Uh, Lives in Northbrook in the house I grew up in and um, she wants nothing to do with, you know, move out. She likes to garden and that's her thing. As did my folks. That was just a, 
And they were getting up there. My mom lived to be 92, my dad in 95, and, and they, but they didn't want to leave the house. Right. And that was a real tough, tough uh, set of decisions that my brothers and I had, had to deal with. It, it's really hard for the kids, for sure. And I think the thing, I mean, it just, I mean, safety, right? It, right. As long as the safety, as long as my mom is safe and she's able to, you know, do things okay by herself, then that's that's what that's what we have. This question, as you talked about that, this question has popped in my head, and I know there's been examples of, of this uh, that I've been aware of. What about retirees advising older retirees about just what you talked about, safety and either leaving their homestead or just even getting going, getting a life uh, life alert or something of that nature. Sometimes that's a difficult conversation to have with a friend who's older, right? But you're both retired. Absolutely. How do you deal with that? Absolutely. I, you know. Yeah, and it's it's you know what's funny it's. A big part of it's pride, right? We have exactly. so much pride in ourselves. And there's a reason why when you go through Walgreens or Target and there's the the adult diaper section, it's huge. Now we can all say it's not us or anyone we know. It's someone else, right? It's someone. Else. It's always someone else that needs to use it. But it's a part of getting older. And things just aren't going to always work. And it's no different than wearing glasses when your eyes go bad or whatever. Our body doesn't last forever. So certain parts we need to have adaptation. We need to adapt. Maybe we're going to stop driving. We're going to, you know, so if you have a close friendship with someone and you almost have to lay it out on the table and some people are private and they don't want to talk about it. Um, but it is, it, it's, I think if you bring it up with someone in that way of, being comforting and helpful and wanting to let them know, hey, you can sleep over at my house. I know you probably have, you know, if you have an accident, we don't care, you know, or whatever. And they, they could care. And it's just a conversation. And maybe it's never, it's not going to go perfect. But to, to, to your point, it is one of those things as we get older, you want to be helpful and kind of give advice along the way. And I, I think being open is is probably the best way. And you mentioned about, you know, moving into a uh, retirement community and the facility looked great. Uh, the ambiance is there. All the questions you've asked are, you know, right on point. But there's something that you, you can't determine, I don't think. And I, but the reason I bring this up is because I've known people who had this happen. They move into a retirement community. All of a sudden they find out that with respect to the political persuasions of their neighbors, all of a sudden they're in a distinct minority. Right. And everybody else is on X side and you're on Y side. Uh, I don't know that you can <laughs> interview your neighbors before you move in. Right, you can't. And it's really unfortunate just on the political side of it. It used to just be in a facility like that where you had the the people in the groups that were really the you know they they were really diehard towards the rules you know like if you had a swimming pool that kids were allowed until noon at the swimming pool at the senior center and then at noon 1205 they want the kids out you know be like okay it's 12 you know maybe let the little grandkids swim around for a little bit longer but and some people just really are diehards towards the rules um and maybe that doesn't go well with you either i mean when you own your own house you have your own backyard you know you have a lot of freedom in your own house then you move to a facility that has 
you know, rules, guidelines, what you can put out, how long you can put your Christmas decorations out. Um, it, it's it's different, right? And I think it's the same way as saying what's your the political clubs in that uh, group are. And it's just I think that's a function of living in the world, not only the U.S. Right. People are divided in their right. beliefs, and it's just really. Too bad. Really. And I, I'm not aware of people interviewing their neighbors when they buy a house. Well, that's right. No, no they're not. <laughs> Except for the retirement community, you're a lot closer and no, uh, I see them a lot more often than your neighbors. Uh, but some neighbors, they, they delight us with their self-identification, with their flags and such. So you can kind of see what's right, going on. the loud ones. The people who want to be loud. <laughs> right. Hey, Ted, right. One, one last question here, and that's uh, related to your book. I, I, I think you have this expectation, and I think it's good, that your readers do complete what you refer referred to earlier, a, uh, a companion workbook that you provide. Uh, and you say, well, you know, either after reading a few chapters or the book itself, like you go through some of these exercises. Can you, can you walk us through that a bit? Oh, sure. Sure. So after each chapter, there's a reference into the workbook that you can use the the book as something to read either together or hopefully, um, you know, back and forth with your spouse and then do some things together, the projects in the workbook together. And um, I'll do some presentations to groups, senior centers and other areas like that. And when I do those, I'll have the couple, either the wife or the husband would say, Ted, I'm so glad I can came to this program because I made either the husband or wife fill in the workbook with me here because, you know, let's face it, if the football game's on or we're watching Dancing with the Stars or whatever else is more important in our life, but uh, when you can get together and fill in the workbook and really ask questions, it's almost like, when's the last time you've been to a funeral? And on the way home from the funeral, you're talking to your spouse or talking to your family about what? Funeral, burial, are you set? Do you have the, the, the area, do you have the casket picked out or whatever the, whatever the important things are that you need to do? Well, if you don't have that point in time where you talk about retirement ahead of time, not the money, but what are we going to do to have fun? Um, you know, it's a really, really important thing to do. And you can have a resurgent of a love affair with your wife uh, and with your spouse and just really connect and say, you know, I've never really hung out with you very much for the last 30 years because I'm you're raising the kids and I'm working or we're both raising the kids and we're both working. But you'd be like, oh, now I figured out why I married you in my 20s. I kind of like you, you know, and a lot of people just get busy and there's just like, yeah, I just really having besides figuring out where you want to have dinner you know it's really it's a fun part of the book is to really have spend an afternoon i recommend open a glass of wine put on some light music or whatever and kind of just do and maybe winter time's a good time to do it right uh but whenever i mean you find a rainy afternoon and kind of do this a little bit you're, you're gonna have fun doing it all right we're gonna take a uh, another break at this point in time and come back we're gonna talk about the other part of your uh, job uh, ted and that is uh, giving talks and and uh, to groups and things like that to talk to to those people about their retirement and their planning. Hey, everybody, we're here to welcome a new sponsor. His name is Ted Buckley, and he has a website, tedbuckley.com. He wrote a book called Retired. What do you want to do for the next 30 years? Uh, Ted has spent uh, several years helping people plan financially for retirement. But retirement, as we all know, is much more than just money. It's the day-to-day aspects of retirement that we all need to work on. How are you going to make 30 years of retirement the happiest time of your life? You can buy this book at Amazon. 
Amazon or at Barnes and Noble. We thank Ted for coming on board as a sponsor of Just a Couple of Guys. All right, we're back with uh, Ted Buckley, uh, tedbuckley.com. Ted, uh, one of the other things outside of writing the book uh, that you do is uh, you go out and talk to small groups and and, uh, about their status, uh, any questions that they might have regarding retirement, uh, and I'm sure you do other things as well. Talk a little bit about that for the listeners and and whether you're open for... uh, for talks and meetings with groups uh, today. No, oh, absolutely, and and that's a, a lot of fun um, connecting and working with uh, different organizations, whether it's a senior center, church groups, uh, different um, volunteer groups, or, or educational areas that I connect with and, and get invited to speak at. And uh, we'll go through the workbook. It's a couple hours normally the presentation, and uh, we have a lot of input from the group. Normally, it's a give and take kind of program that we go through section by section. And we really get a lot out of it. I get a lot out of it. It's a lot of fun to do. Um, You know, and along the way, what typically happens is, um, you know, my practice, I still, you know, see clients. I've got clients in the office that we do retirement planning for. We'll we'll come in and have, uh, figure out social security, pensions and investments. But and that's that's a you know a full time job as well seeing my clients, but this other area of you know what are you going to do for the next thirty years? Those presentations and those talks expand out to um, allowing me to meet new people, and um, there's a lot. There's a I would say a a huge unfilled need of people working so hard to save money in the 401k, working so hard to get ready for retirement. And then um, they're going to eventually, I use the saying of, you are going to wake up one day and take a shower and it'll be your last time driving to work. And then you're going to fill up your box with staplers and other stuff you're going to steal from the office. No, I'm just kidding. You're going to leave we the don't office. condone stealing here. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but you're going to leave the office right. on the last day and have the going away retirement party. And... Um, and it'll be like, hey, honey, what do you want to do? And so hopefully, you know, you know, this book and the programs will really help people enjoy it and yeah. have fun. Right. The book is Retired, What to Do for the Next 30 Years, Steps on How to Mentally Prepare. You can get this book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at tedbuckley.com. We want to thank Ted Buckley, a certified plan fiduciary advisor, for taking time today to come in and talk about a topic that, frankly, notice we didn't talk anything about finances here, economics. We talked about the mental side of retirement, and we can't thank you enough, Ted, for taking time to come in here today and and chat with us on this uh, universal topic. Thank you, Ray and Pat, for having me. I really enjoyed it. We appreciate you coming and the uh, autographed book uh, we got a copy of. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ted. Hello, friends. This is Ray Rogina. I'd like to say a few words about my friends at the Karis Group of Restaurants, one of our sponsors. I've been a frequent guest at all of their fine restaurants for years, one of which is Rookie's, which has locations throughout the Fox Valley and beyond. 
My favorite dish of rookies is the Euros plate with uh, the Saganaki appetizer. Oopa! My wife, she loves the Hall of Fame chicken sandwich. But I can honestly say that I've never had a bad meal there, regardless of whatever I've had to eat. The wings are out of this world. The salads are delicious. Great burgers, tacos, all-American specialties. And don't forget their pizza. And, of course, you can wash this all down with one of their famous Mai Tais. Try them out. St. Charles, Geneva, Elgin, Hoffman Estates, Huntley, and Roselle. Rookiespub.com. I'll see you there. Pat and I plan to reflect and review in the end-of-year podcasts and our producer, Paul Stuckel, will help us rejoin some of the year's podcast highlights and then engage in some interesting new guests in 2023. So, for our producer, Paul Stuckel, and for Pat Crimmins, this is Ray Rogina, hoping your holiday budgets do not burst, your holiday wishes are fulfilled, and you prepare for a prosperous 2023 while staying warm and staying safe. So long, everyone.